North Carolina needs wings. North Carolina needs shooting. And so I've got another transfer target for us to look at, but he's coming from the school that just knocked off the Tar Heels in the national championship game last year. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us as always. Folks, we are thick in transfer season. There's names flying all over the place, connections flying all over the place. Um, I'm here to try to help make sense of it all. I'm here to try to help look at names that I think would be beneficial and helpful for Carolina. Um, some of them whom we know Carolina has connected with, some of them that I just think would be good to connect with, all of that kind of stuff. So coming up on today's show, we have some more on Paxton Wojcik, uh, who has already committed to North Carolina, as well as a couple other Carolina basketball items for you. And an update from Carolina football's pro day earlier this week and how Drake May just basically stole the show in that. But I want to start with the guy I teased off the top, and that is none other than Kansas transfer MJ Rice, who is coming off just his freshman season. He entered the transfer portal just on Wednesday, so yesterday. So it's very fresh. I'm you're listening or watching this on Thursday. I'm recording it on Wednesday. So it's a very fresh thing right now. Um, but here's part of why I think he would be somebody that Carolina should really take a strong look at. He is a small forward. That's where Carolina is very lacking. If you listen to yesterday's show with coach Pat Kilby and I, we talked about all like how half of the six transfers out are all basically from that position plus Leaky Black is gone, right? So in addition to Leaky, you lose Puff Johnson, Tyler Nickel, Dontrez Styles, all who basically played the three position. MJ Rice would be a great fit right there. He's 6'5", 225 pounds, so a little bit thicker, a little bit smaller than you would have had with like Leaky Black, right? Gives up four inches there, but Rice makes up for that in his athleticism. Let me give you his numbers last year from Kansas but I hesitate to do so because they are not what I would call awe-inspiring. But we're going to talk about why as we go. He played in just 23 games, 7.6 minutes per game. He shot 40.8% from the field. It's very small sample size. Just took 49 shot attempts last season, made 20 of them. He was 50% from the two-point range, 17 of 34, and was only 20% from three, three of 15. Now I know. I hear you yelling and screaming at me already. Isaac, he shot 20% from three last year. I hear it. I get it. I understand. But he only had 15 attempts in a very small sample size of minutes played. Sometimes those are times when you're just getting up shots. I promise you from everything he did in high school, from everything that anal recruiting analysts said about him, this dude can shoot. And so um, just take that with a grain of salt. Keep the person I always go back to, um, is Kenny Williams, right? Made one, three, his freshman year at Carolina, and then went on to be a great shooter. So just 
don't don't worry about those numbers. But here's some other things why MJ Rice is interesting to me. Again, I, I said this just a little bit ago, has three years of eligibility left. He just left. He just finished his freshman year at Kansas. Um, doesn't have any COVID eligibility. That That's only for the class that is RJ Davis. That's the last class with COVID eligibility. So legit only three years left. But here's another thing. MJ Rice, it might be a little confusing because he finished his high school career at Prolific Prep out in California. Before that, he had played at Oak Hill, but he's actually from Durham, North Carolina. He started his high school at Durham Academy and then made those two transfers. In fact, when he picked Kansas originally, picked them over NC State amongst some other schools. But and it was most people thought like, hey, NC State or Kansas. So very interesting there. Now, in a few of the opportunities he did have this year, MJ Rice had double digits. He scored double digits twice, 10 against North Dakota State and 19 against Texas Southern. And you might think, oh, Texas Southern, come on. They were a tournament team this year. Um, didn't have a great season, but won their conference tournament and went on. Played double-digit minutes just seven times. And so there, there is a lot of like, really, there's kind of some head scratching to it. Stay with me. We'll get to the why of it in just a second. So if, if you look at those freshman numbers and are like, Isaac, come on, seriously, why on earth would we look at him? <laughs> Let me read to you some of his recruiting analysis from before his senior year of high school. Just here's a couple quotes I pulled. Quote, powerfully built wing who is a true matchup nightmare, end quote. Quote, the physical build of a Mack truck, but combines his powerful frame with a great amount of athleticism and skill. But here's the key for Carolina. You ready for this one? Quote, strong-bodied wing who can score at all three levels. Here's some more along with that. His strength allows him to be extremely effective on the drive as he bullies and overpowers opposing defenders on his way to the rim where he is an elite finisher, but at the same time, knocks down the perimeter jumper with regularity out to the three-point line. Like that was the book on MJ Rice coming into his senior year, coming into college where people thought he would hop in and make an immediate impact at Kansas. In fact, I said Kansas or NC State. There was a lot of people who projected him to choose one of the pro routes instead of going to college last uh, for this season. That's just uh, wrapping up. Now, again, he did originally commit to Kansas. That was back on August 10th of 2021, choosing them over, I said, NC State, but also Oklahoma State, Pitt, a few others like that. He was ranked 32nd in last year's 247, 247 Sports Composite. And so now we get to that question of this. Isaac, why didn't he get more playing time at Kansas? Well, he had a couple injuries that kept him out of some games. Maybe that puts him behind the eight ball. Was there some kind of internal issue? Perhaps. Uh, keep in mind, Kansas had a lot of really good players ahead of him. So was it just those guys that played ahead of him? Perhaps so. Uh, here's part of what I think it is. Look at the bench usage for Kansas. You all, we all, Carolina people, we we uh, get so frustrated and, and upset about Coach Davis's bench usage or lack thereof, particularly 
because we're still we're still all in the Roy Williams mindset. I know we're two years removed from it, but right, we're that's that's the problem here. You think Coach Davis doesn't use his bench much? True. Bill Self uses his even less. There are 363 teams in Division One. North Carolina was 360th out of those. So only three teams with a lower bench usage than Carolina this year. The Tar Heels used their bench 18.3% of the time. Right behind them was Kansas, 361st in the nation in bench usage at exactly 18% of their minutes. So you, you look at these two teams, the Tar Heels and the Jayhawks, who competed in last year's national championship, they have combined to lose 11 players to the portal this offseason. Six for Carolina, five now for Kansas with MJ Rice in the portal. Learning lesson, if you don't use your bench in this day and age, they gone, right? Players are going to leave and find somewhere else where they will be given the opportunity to play. So for MJ Rice, maybe it's like you don't want to go to the school that barely played their bench like less than a percentage point more than the place you just left where he didn't get more playing time. But there's also a lot more availability for him at North Carolina, particularly at the three where he would be well suited to play. Now, obviously, that's the same position as Connect, who we advocated for on yesterday's show, but uh, you need multiple players at this position and you'd love to have guys competing for that. So why MJ Rice? North Carolina needs small forwards. Check. North Carolina needs elite athletic scorers. Check. North Carolina needs shooters. Check. North Carolina needs athletic shooters because some of those transferring up might not be quite as athletic. Check. North Carolina needs to take high-level players who are already kind of established as players capable of playing at the high major level. Check. North Carolina needs to take high-level players who might otherwise go to NC State. (laughs) Check. And as of this recording, I do need to say there's no word of connection between MJ Rice in any schools because again it's so fresh for me here's where I'm at you have to put in a phone call here you have to see what you can find out like the answers to those questions we asked above why didn't he get more of an opportunity at Kansas was there something going on was it injuries was it just opportunity because of those ahead of him you you need to obviously do your due diligence and all all that obviously the Carolina coaching staff is going to but with MJ Rice you better believe there is a whole host of people doing that. Um, I would guess NC State's coming back around. I would guess Oklahoma State's coming back around. There's already, uh, Bryce Thompson went from Kansas to Oklahoma State. And so there are, are opportunities there. I wouldn't be surprised if some West Coast teams looked at him since he finished his high school ball there. But um, for so many players, you look at where are you from and do you want to come back? So uh, I would imagine Carolina, NC State, Duke, Wake. I wouldn't be surprised if they all put in calls to MJ Rice, even Virginia, Virginia Tech. That wouldn't surprise me at in any way. But bottom line, MJ Rice, MJ Rice is somebody I think Carolina should target uh, to, to at least figure out the viability of bringing him in. Well, from a player I believe Carolina should pursue to one already now in the fold, Paxson Wotes, Wojcik, excuse me. We'll talk about him in just a minute. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is in the home stretch, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Friends, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Make sure to check out the lines for the final four games this weekend. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on once again fanduel.com slash locked on to learn all about it make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba also make sure you check out our brand new podcast on the locked on network locked on college basketball we're bringing you everything you need to know from all around the college basketball landscape We'll be finishing out the season and then obviously talking all about portal stuff, all about the draft, all about coaching carousel. Would love to have you come join us on Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Before we get to Pax and Wojcik, um, I, I want to tell you, I have gone back and watched even more highlights and tape on Dalton Connect. And like I was bullish on him on yesterday's show. I feel even more strongly about him right now. Let's get this UNC, the other UNC kid, to the real UNC. Let's make that happen. Holy smokes, I am impressed with him. Folks, this is not some dude that floats around the three-point line hoping to get a shot off. He attacks the rim with ill intent, with viciousness, and he's ready to throw down. Like the On, on one of the highlight reels I watched, it was like 13, 15 seconds in, just yams on a dude you if you have not watched tape on Dalton connect please go do so as soon as you can by the way in women's basketball very quick news Kennedy Todd Williams you know that she transferred out of the Carolina basketball program very sad and shocking there she has chosen to land at Ole Miss and so uh, while we're so sad to see her go best of luck to you Toddy as you start um, wow that makes sense hottie Toddy down at Ole Miss Toddy's going there to play. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. I want to dive in a little more to Paxson Wojcik, which by the way, I've been saying his, I've been pronouncing that C Wojcik. It's just Wojcik. That's, that's it. Paxson Wojcik. So uh, one thing I noticed about him that I really like watching more tape on him is that he's a lefty. By the way, I'm a Southpaw. What up lefties? Any of the rest of you out there? Let's hear it. Let's go. Um, and uh, there's just something about the stroke of a lefty, something that just, it it makes it a little bit different for those who have to guard them. And so I love to see that. On um, earlier this week, Inside Carolina, it might've been actually on Wednesday, Inside Carolina put out a little um, Q&A that they had with him. And I, I don't want to relitigate that because you can go read it yourself. But I want to mention a couple things that I took away from it that I thought were really important. Um, especially as right now, we as a Carolina family, Carolina fan base are kind of reeling from all these transfers out and wondering like, is this an indictment on the program? Is everything lost? Is, is the coaching staff messed up? Are there internal issues going on? And I think some of the insight that Wojcik gave helps provide answer to that. So some things from that conversation, Wojcik heard from programs all over the country because everyone needs shooting and that's what he's best at. There's other things he does, as we talked about on yesterday's show, gets inside the line. Um, but 
shooting is his best quality. So obviously shooting is something that every program needs. And so they're looking for it, but this young man heard what he needed to, and only took one official visit. And that was to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So lots of interesting stuff about his game in this conversation with inside Carolina. And we'll, we'll talk about his game in the days and weeks and months to come over the summer, but here's the most important thing for me. While many of us might be overly concerned or maybe not overly concerned, just appropriately concerned um, when six thirteenths of the scholarship players leave <laughs> or six elevenths, I guess I sh- should say of those who could come back. So that's, that's over half. Um, I, I first want to keep reminding us all that is the new normal. You see that all the time. No, maybe not six, Transfers out is a normal thing. And so one of the questions asked to Paxson was this. Do the transfers out or the disappointing season give you pause in thinking about transferring to North Carolina? And he says, quote, I don't really consider that or anything else from the past. I really just wanted to get face to face with the coaching staff and have conversations with them. This is this is it. And that's for me. Sorry, I should have ended the quote. I want to get face-to-face with the coaching staff and have conversations with them, end quote. This is what players care about. How do I fit in now? How do I help fix what went wrong last year? Because that's, coaching staffs are masters at telling a narrative. If things went wrong last year, hey, you're the missing piece. We need to fix that. If things went well, but you didn't win a national championship, man, we were this close. We think you're that last link that can help us get over the top, right? Like there's always a narrative you can tell to help a player understand how or why he fits in. And so for Wojcik, it's what role do I play? How do I fit in? How do I help us have a better year? How do I have us, I feel weird saying this, make the NCAA tournament since we didn't last season. That's what he cares about. And so, um, in, in his considerations, he could have his, his dad, who we talked about yesterday, Doug, um, was an assistant at North Carolina under Coach Doherty in between Coach uh, Guthridge, I guess technically, and Coach Williams. And then he now is an assistant at Michigan State. It's actually his second stint as an assistant at Michigan State. Said that was off the table, didn't want to go play for, for or with his dad. Although uh, I think if his dad's not there, man, Coach Izzo, I don't know about you guys. Coach Izzo is somebody that I love and respect as a head coach. If I was a basketball player, he was, he would definitely be somebody along obviously with Carolina and some other schools I would consider. Um, but he, he wanted to, he said he wanted to blaze his own path and not play with his dad. I get that for some players. It's like, that's the selling point. I want to be with my dad for him is like, I, I got to do my own thing. I got to make a name for Paxson. And so, um, I love that he is taking head on like, Hey, you're transferring up. Is that going to be hard? Yeah. But there are things I do that make it work. My hard work, my shooting, like there are things that I already do that, that I believe will allow me to transfer up well. And also I performed well against high major schools when I played for Brown and, or Loyola Chicago, right? Like, and so I, he feels appropriately confident, like he's a leader. His experience has been in college for clearly a while. This will be his fifth year. And so he knows what he needs to do. And, and 
I know like because of the Justin Pierce experiment a couple years ago, I know there's like, but you remember that from William and Mary watching tape. I, I, I just don't see the same thing. I, I see not, not that Wojcik is an elite athlete, but I see more capability athletically. Um, and part of this, again, remember Carolina needs help spacing the floor so that teams can't sag on Mondo. And so Coach Davis is going to bring in as much shooting as he can with these six scholarships. And Wojcik is someone that projects to be able to do that. And in fact, when he spoke on what he's most confident in his game, it is his shooting, his ability to space the floor. To Basically, he's going to be able to form a reciprocal relationship with Mondo. Hey, you draw guys in, that leaves space for me helps me get my shot off more quickly. And by getting my shot off and hitting at his 35 plus percent rate in, in his career, I'm going to continue to create space for Mondo in the interior. And that was one of the big issues this past season that Carolina didn't have. And so, um, will, will you just don't know how it's going to translate until we start hearing reports from summer pickup games, which he'll be to Carolina. Um, uh, I believe he said late May, early June. Um, but we won't start to know until some of that and until we see um, things happening this fall. And so just um, be patient with that. I'm going to have to be patient with that while we wonder who translates. But that's the joy of having these six scholarships is you can shoot your shots, try different guys and see who will come in, challenge each other and ultimately get those spots. We want to end today's show with some football news and updates. We're just under a month away from the NFL draft for Josh Downs and other Tar Heels who had a pro day on Monday. But already, everyone's understandably got their eyes on Drake Mate. We'll talk about that in just a second. All right. Pro day, Monday for the football team. Uh, we had five Tar Heels. Uh, kind of part of that, Josh Downs, obviously, Antoine Green, Rava Hasek, uh, Awesome Richards, and Noah Taylor. And this day was about those guys from the, obviously, the eyes are typically on skill position guys. So it was so much about Josh Downs and Antoine Green. And with all due respect to those dudes who absolutely showed out by all accounts from Monday. Drake May's not even eligible for the draft yet. But that's where all the eyeballs were. Now, let me give you some quick stuff on Josh Downs and, and where he's at. If you haven't looked into um, his draft potential, same with Antoine Green. Per pro football focus, um, Downs ranks as the fifth wide receiver, 30th prospect overall in this draft. Pretty similar just about everywhere. CBS has him sixth at wide receivers, 45th overall. Um, Jordan Reed had a recent mock for ESPN where he had downs going 39th to the Carolina Panthers. Interestingly enough, uh, Mel Kuyper has him as the sixth wide receiver. And so you look at this and it seems like downs is going to project to go late first round. He could slide in there into the back end, but more likely I would project him to go in the front to middle part of the second round. Obviously who knows what will end up happening on draft day because things slide around all the time. Um, but I would anticipate him to go late Thursday night with the first round or sometime um, on, on Friday in that second round. By the way, with Antoine Green, seems like he'll probably be drafted, but it'll be somewhere on Saturday in that four to six round range. And so that's what we'll probably look at with him. And so with all due respect to these two departing wide receivers who were phenomenal last year, would have loved to seen a full healthy year of Antoine Green. Man, 
this pro this pro day was all about Drake May. Um, multiple reports from from guys that were there. Um, THIs, Andrew Jones, CL Brown was there. Uh, mentioned that all 32 NFL teams were present and represented, and 45 NFL personnel in total. And so, yes, a lot of them were that. Like Downs has been doing all sorts of interviews with all sorts of teams, but none of them were going to uh, issue the opportunity to see who is projected to be a top five or so pick in next year's draft in Drake May. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a nice both and for uh, all these NFL entities. And so um, here's the thing for me with Drake May, you like, he didn't have to go out there and do this for his dudes, but he wanted to, he wanted to be there for them. And, and it's obviously a smart play for him to get himself in front of all these NFL eyeballs as well. But you know Drake May. I mean, that's that's in his head somewhere, and people are telling him to do that. But he's in this for his guys, right? He's doing this to help Josh Downs. He's doing this to help Antoine Green because that's who Drake May is. So they had a 30 to 45-minute throwing session um, on Monday at the Pro Day. Both wide receivers talked about how basically Drake had done anything and everything for them, threw with them on Friday night before the open scrimmage, on Saturday, the plan was for each receiver to run like seven to 10 routes just to show precision and the route tree and all of that good stuff. And then they ended up both running around 25 or so routes on the day. And then eventually coach Galloway, wide receiver coach Lonnie Galloway had them shut it down. And here's the thing. Coach Brown raved, raved about his quarterback as he always does, but you know, for good measure, had a great scrimmage on Saturday uh, Luke, Luke, excuse me, Drake may did. And then talked about Monday and said, there wasn't a, a ball that touched the ground. And when you hear coach Brown say that, or even maybe coach Hubert Davis, you're like, okay, that's a little hyperbole. CL Brown reported in his write-up of it, that literally from the 50 or so balls that were thrown, not one of them hit the ground can like completions on every ball thrown. It's just wild. And so, um, Excited for these guys going in the draft, excited to see what happens, but it's just a reminder of how special Drake May is. And, um, you know, Coach Brown talked a lot in his presser on Tuesday about how impressed all these guys are with Drake May. Um, and so it's going to be a really interesting offseason, you know, spring and summer and fall lead up. And then to see what Carolina is going to be this fall with Drake May back at the helm. Will it be, you know, he can go in the draft this time next year. And everyone anticipates him to do so. But you just wonder with Drake May, like, would he come back for another year? I doubt it. But, right, it's in the back of your head. You Like, this time last year, you wondered about it with Mondo, and here he is coming back for another year when he, you know, could have gone to try other things. Now, obviously, Drake May's NFL draft status is astronomically higher than Mondo's NBA draft status is, and so there's that. But, um, anyway, we plan on this being Drake May's last year year. I'm really curious to see how Carolina is able to make it different from what was the letdown of Sam Howell's final year two seasons ago, right? Like it it, it sets up so familiar familiar alert. I why am I, I why can't I say this word? This is a tough word for me. Familiarly. There we go. You're all like Isaac, why can't you talk? I don't know. It's hard. Words are hard. Um but it, it's so similar. All this preseason Heisman buzz all this preseason draft buzz 
how is this year going to go? We're going to have to wait and see. feels like Carolina has refilled some holes well, but you just don't know until it actually happens. And so, um, by the way, speaking of the NFL draft, which comes in April towards the end, um, Josh Downs plans to watch the draft at home with his family and friends. And so uh, excited to hear how it goes for him as well as the other Carolina guys. And we'll see where they land. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Obviously going to have some more great stuff coming for you tomorrow. Got more transfer targets I want to look at and talk about. So we'll have that for you as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Don't forget to email us LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. And remember on tomorrow's show, we will have our heels of the week so we'd love your nominations for that do not forget to subscribe to the show smash the like button and comment you think carolina should go after mj rice i want to know for your next listen once again don't forget to check out locked on college basketball it's available on youtube and anywhere else you get podcasts folks it's always a great day to be a tar heel and we'll be back together again tomorrow but until then peace peace